Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. And hello, everybody in Bloodhaven. Welcome to another episode of Gotham, episode 28. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film, the Dad Gum Original. I am your co host from the home state of Taylor Ham. I am Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on January 21st, 2021. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into good stuff, I would like to remind you, all of those faithful listeners out there, that if you take the time to rate and review this show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, we will send you a straight out of Gotham prize pack. Now, let me introduce you to my co-host, the double cheeseburger eating champion of the Olympic Diner in Deer Park, Long Island, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Q. Holzman. Q? The cue is for Quincy because your parents are big fans of the Mr. Magoo television show. Oh, man. I'm stuffed, though. These burgers. The burgers just, hmm. I did. But yes, man, that was another, another, yeah, another time in my life you're bringing back. Uh, you do your research. I don't know how you find all these things about me. But. Is it true that your picture is still on the wall? Like no one has eaten more double cheeseburgers than you in a specific time frame? My picture is still on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also, I've also taken a picture there. It's up with um, Long Island's own Billy Joel. Okay. Uh, he was there the day I did it. It was, it was a really big moment, obviously, for me. And my, did my, they um, give you the opportunity to like name the burger? Did you call it like the Holes Burger or like what, what was it named? They didn't ask me. I, they should have, though. That's something that I wish you were my agent because we could have done that. I could have had a burger named after me, which is obviously is something I think every man would love to have. Yeah, like we can't be we well, can't, any kind of sandwich, um, really. Let's be honest. Of course, like Ben Roethlisberger has the Roethlisberger, and that's is that a real like, thing? It is. Yes, it is a real thing in Pittsburgh. There is oh, a okay. deli or somewhere where they have the Roethlisberger. Oh, if you win enough Super Bowls, <laughs> and then of course the Wahlbergs have that their own burger shop, Wahlburgers. Okay, okay. So, I mean, what it'd be my, great to have a sandwich. One of my favorite now. episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm is when Larry David tries to switch sandwiches with uh, Ted Danson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's – is it Ted Danson? It might be. I forgot who it is. No, I think you're correct. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 hysterical because you get like this white fish sandwich and Larry doesn't want it and they try to switch and then Ted's like, I don't want a white fish. <laughs> it's just – they go back and forth and it's just great. It's just a wonderful episode of Curb. All right, so really quickly, I just need to ask you a quick question. Yeah. What's the name of our show? Straight Outta Gotham. Do you know what you said in the beginning? No. You said twenty episode number 28 of Gotham. <laughs> did I really? Yes, you did. Yep, you did. Oh, that sucks. We should redo that. No, we're not redoing it. We're keeping it. Uh, just because of the how much you love Gotham. I just want to keep that in there for posterity. So now forever your Freudian slip on the show was calling our show Gotham, which is great. It just fits for you. I quit. <laughs> well, you just, well you just ruined the night. No I'm sorry, but, but we're keeping it. I, I edit the show and we're keeping it. So that's it. This day. But we have a guest tonight, Pete. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> that's not nice that's not a nice nice not nice at all <laughs> good lord uh, well so i care so i'm going to introduce him he is one third of the vigilante 1939 he has been on the iceberg lounge with us he's he was part of the fundraiser we did around christmas mm-hmm. so nick zednick what's going on man i'm zednick <laughs> yes, oh guys oh man you know gotham's a big city i'm here on business and what better way to spend my business trip than to come on over to the other side of gotham and hang out with you two fellas how's well, it going i mean we're ecstatic to have you on here you're the first vigilante to make the show i want you to yes know. hey 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 oh, <laughs> yeah. you you beat the italians i did <laughs> 
I did. I did. Very proud of that. So what's going on, brother? How are things going by you? Things are things 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 are going good. I am uh I'm fully recovered from my health scare from okay. a few weeks ago, and I am ready to ready to get my vengeance on again. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yep. All right. Well, I'm glad Zednik is healthy and ready to talk some fanboy with us. Oh yeah, That's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. So the the main thing, the main reason we're on the show tonight is to talk about. Um, Batman Soul of the Dragon. So we wanted to bring Zeddy on to help us talk about that. But we'll get to that later. There is some news that's been going on. And as our normal format of the show, Pete and I pick topics and we discuss them. They're usually fanboy topics. Um, I'm going to start tonight, though. With, we didn't have these planned, but there's just news that came breaking um, just tonight, actually, and today. So I will start number one with we've there was a, another slate of um, movies that were once again pushed back. But the one that highlights for me is No Time to Die. Uh, the James, the next James Bond installment will be moved back now till October. Uh, obviously, we all know why. It's because of the pandemic. It's the not what? something we need to get. Huh? Because of what? Why? What? Oh. Wait, why? Why? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, we're getting kind of used to this now. Uh, I was a little surprised that they didn't find a streaming service to stream it on. Um, as we know, MGM doesn't have their own streaming service, so they would have to go another route. But um, who knows between now and then uh, what's going to happen. But really quickly, I was really looking forward to this film, so I'm I'm a little bummed that it's going to be later in the year. Uh, and now there's also word that they might push Black Widow back again. I don't know. Uh, I'm getting... I, I know I've been the one that's saying, no, I want to see all these films on the screen, but man, it just keeps pushing everything else back. Many so. Saints in Newark is pushed back as well. Um, yep. Pushed back, I think, last week. And it's just, it's kind of a bummer for places who don't have streaming services. And, you know, again, you mentioned Black Widow earlier. Like, Disney Plus is Disney's streaming service. They own MC Marvel and all that jazz. But they're they're hell-bent on releasing that in theaters. And it's just, you know, I, I'm i so numb to this that, like, moving having these movies pushed back isn't even news to me anymore. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I, I expect it at this point. Yeah, I think I think we all now kind of do. I was I was hoping that with the vaccine being rolled out, even though it's been slow, that they would stick to the schedules. But uh, who knows? We'll see. Zeddy, what's your take on this? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this one kind of caught me off guard because, I mean, there was talks that it was kind of expected. But I think that kind of just does go to show that if, if this thing was set in April and it's still getting moved to the fall. I think it does kind of set a precedent of where we still are in a world, but this is really slowly starting to get like Wonder Woman 84 vibes for me, where it's like the more we keep pushing this, it's it's like that anticipation. Like, I don't know if the momentum is, I think the momentum is going to hurt this thing now because it's it's really, it's like a year out now, I think, or by October it will be, right? So I mean. I, I still think James Bond is a bigger name than Wonder Woman to the point where like people will come out to it when it's ready, yeah. you know? Especially this James Bond. This James Bond has been around for a while now and just Yeah, I get that. I think it's also just the content thing too, right? Like it's like we think that there's content on right now, but there's really not. So I think more people, like, especially right now, would pay like that ten bucks for it. Mm-hmm. But I I would prefer to see kind of Daniel Craig's final bow out in a theater with socially distant people. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think I think that's the that's how I feel too. And I think that's how a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. Um those movies have become such big spectacles, just like any comic book movie that we get now. So you know, it's always better to see those on um the big screen. So but again, we're now waiting again till October. So yep. oh well. We'll see. <laughs> it's gotta get to the point now you're like, oh well. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's the, what else is new, right? So we got another um, bit of information and today. Uh, we got a trailer for the Superman and Lois TV show that's going to be on the CW. Um, so did you guys see the trailer and what did you think? Zeddy, you take this one. I, I did catch the trailer. It was actually the first thing that I saw on my timeline, which was exactly what I needed. Um, so I have a few things. So right off the bat, the cinematography for this thing looks excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have to praise that. Like, it does look like a Superman show should be. 
or the way it should be treated as. Right. Uh, there is, I get the sense that this thing is going to be a different take on Superman, which I've come around to now. Uh, I definitely think that if they can kind of hit that core uh, middle line between like Smallville, Adventures of Lois and Clark, I think I think they got a good a good starting ground okay. because I'm in the vein where I don't think we've had a bad Superman show ever. So I think kind of putting Superman back on the small screen, I think, is a smart way because I know and this isn't the Cavill Superman. I love the Cavill Superman, mm-hmm. but I love that I'm getting this kind of different take on Superman that is kind of much more in line of the character that I've read kind of yeah. my whole life and kind of seen on screen similar. Right. So I think they are kind of taking Superman back to his roots and I'm not kind of at all taken aback by the whole father Superman dynamic. I mean, he's in his suit. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this is going to be Superman doing Superman things. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not really worried about that, but uh, what do you guys think? Cause I'm, I'm in now. So. No, I mean, I echo a lot of the things that you said, um, you know, uh, while this is going to be a new take, but again, like adding the fatherly element to this show while, you know, it's not exactly, you know, uh, Jonathan Kent, these are, these are, I don't know if they're twin boys or what, but they're older, they're high school kids and mm-hmm. it adds an interesting dynamic. And just from that, that, um, that trail that was released today, it seems to be a lot more serious in tone mm-hmm. with more, uh, probably like more along the lines of black lightning than it was Supergirl, you know? Um, and it, it, just the way they shot it and everything and just how it looked, it kind of looked, to be honest, it looked a little Snydery. You know, it looked kind of muted in color and everything. And it was Man almost very really serious and kind of depressed. Yeah, it had a Man of Steel vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, while like, you know, Hoekland is kind of teetered more along the lines of like a Reeves-esque type portrayal of Superman, this almost seems like it's going to be a really good balance, you know, not as kind of like, you know lighthearted as Lois and Clark really was. Cause I mean, that was great. You know, of a, that was a great series in itself, but it, it definitely wasn't as serious as probably most other shows. Um, and I agree with you. You know, we've never really had a bad Superman TV show going all the way back to George Reeves. Um, th- that show itself was amazing. Um, and, you know, in the pilot of that episode and that TV show, like the, the Krypton stuff, they nailed all the, the Jonathan and Martha Kent stuff is really different and not really traditional. You know, once he lands on Earth, but all the Krypton stuff was great. But I'm I'm like really digging this and I'm I'm excited. And it's Superman just seemed to really have excelled historically on television more than in the theaters. Yeah. You know, outside of Superman 78 and Superman 2, you know, it, it, he's kind of he hasn't been as successful as, you know, as hoped. Superman yeah. 3, 4, Superman Returns, even Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League, like. They haven't really captivated, but Superman on TV has been historically just like really well appreciated and well done. And, you know, the audience has reacted to it. So, I mean, I'm pumped for it. I I, I can't wait to see it. And I mean, I'm just excited to see, you know, I I don't mind the CW stuff. I enjoy it, you know, like, but uh, I, you know, I would love that this kind of teetered more towards the serious tone that uh, I see on like Black Lightning. Yeah, the show. um the CW show that I loved the most was the first one was Arrow. And this seems to have a similar tone to what Arrow had. Yes. So I'm going to give it a shot. I wasn't going to watch this show. I really wasn't that intrigued, but um, this trailer was very good. And the little bits and pieces we've gotten about the plot and what they're doing with the show has got me intrigued. So I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I will watch it. I did think the trailer, like, the quality of it was very good for this show. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look halfway near as cheesy as the Supergirl stuff does to me. It looks totally different in tone. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. his appearances on Supergirl, like in season one, we saw Superman like fly once. And then we saw him kind of like, I don't know, behind, you know, not really didn't see his face, you know, cause they didn't cast Tyler Hoechlin yet. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. his, his appearances have been very cheesy almost. And this seems like a totally different thing. Yeah, and I'm just glad we're getting um, pot, something Superman on screen. Mm. And this is like you said, it seems to be that's where the medium where he works best for some reason. I don't know why that um, film has been tough to do. Again, I like Man of Steel, so I'm not picking on the, that movie. I like that movie. Yeah. But um, it hasn't resonated with other people. So it seems on television that that's exactly where he, his comfort zone is for mainstream media. So Maybe that's just um, because you can flesh him out more in depth over you know 22 hours as opposed to two hours every four years you know i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know but i'm hoping that the 
that this show does well and sparks interest in Superman again, and then maybe that'll push the the feature side, the feature that film would be side of it. Really would be to get them done. So that's that's that. So yeah, Superman and Lois guys is coming what in the fall? February, February, in February. Okay, my fault. See, it's February twenty third, and it's going to be a yeah. two hour premiere. Ooh, right, that's yeah. true. So we're we're actually going to get a lot of like Superman. Getting a two hour Superman movie. You're getting two hour Superman movie on TV. You get four hours of Justice League, and you know you're going to get an, an, one episode every week after that first premiere. So we got a lot of Superman coming, which is actually kind of exciting and about time. Your pace. <laughs> yes, yes, and I'm, again, I, I I have a love hate relationship with the CW as as Pete knows at least, and Zeddy, you might know from listening. So mm-hmm. I have a love hate relationship with that network. You got to so watch we'll Black Lightning, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, I do have to watch that. I do have to binge that and catch up because everyone tells me how great that show is. So I probably would would enjoy that. Um, staying in the CW realm. As we know, every year for, I think, the past four years, it wasn't every season because they hadn't have all the characters. But I think the past four years, we've gotten a crossover show. Yeah. Well, um, because of COVID-19, we will not be getting a crossover this year. Uh, so uh, that's a bummer because those are usually fun. It, well, at least fun. They weren't always great, but they were at least fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and everyone cross, you know, seeing all the characters from the different shows come across and come together. And Crisis on Infinite Earths, even though I didn't particularly think it was great, it did have its moments. Uh, dude, I had a blast with that thing. I really did. Just all the all the fan service in that was excellent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, seeing Knox to uh, the original Birds of Prey TV show. I mean, but um, what well, uh, what was the Zeddy? What was the one where they had like the evil the, the count? They, they were on the they had the other Justice League on the other Earth, and they were all bad versions of them. Was that uh, Earth X? I think yeah, like that. that was a yeah. great one too. I dug that one. You know, I re- I really for the most part really dug these crossovers, and didn't it really just start crossing over Flash and Arrow? Wasn't it basically just two episodes? <laughs> yeah, the first couple of seasons it was just those two. Um, there was a Flash Arrow event crossover event. Um. And that's when I watched both shows. That was back when it began. And it I was early. Flash, so and as I don't DC like fans, it. we didn't really have that kind of interaction with characters, really. Like, that was the only real time you saw these characters. You know, we didn't have the whole connected universe like the MCU and Marvel does. So it was different. You know, it was, you know, you know, Flash is a huge character in his own right. And, and Green Arrow's, no, you know, he's no slouch himself. So getting those two together was cool. And then eventually Kara and Supergirl got involved and she crossed over with Flash. And that was interesting. And they had their... They had their race, and that was fun, you know, before mm-hmm. we got the end credit scene of, of Justice League. So it, they were just cool experiences, in my opinion. I, I really dug them for the most part. So, Zeddy, no crossover? Bummed out about this? Yeah, you know, it, it is kind of a bummer, too, because I do kind of really look forward to some of these crossovers, too, because they are really, like, some of the best episodes of, like, said season or said character. Uh, but only because of like what they teased at the end too, like with the Justice League tease. Um, spoiler, I guess for a year old crossover. Uh, but my my thing is, I'm actually really disappointed because of the world's finest um, thing. Because I was really looking forward to seeing like a potential super Supergirl Bat Batwoman crossover. Because I don't think we're getting world's finest on the big screen anytime soon. So if you can do it like with the uh, Supergirl and Batwoman. I thought it was cool, and I still think that you can do it with Superman and Batwoman. I don't think they're going to get there for a while, but I still well, think that yeah, I, that is something that I would definitely like to uh, like to see, and it is a bummer. Yeah, I mean, um, it is kind of a bummer, even though, like, like I said, I didn't love Crisis, but this was kind of... It's something that you look forward to if you watch those shows every year, and the fact we're not getting one because of COVID again... Um, and also I think because they were talking, like, I know they were going to, like you said, they were going to do like the, the, what's it, the world's finest, but because of Supergirl ending now, we're probably not going to get that dynamic. Like, so, um, I just liked it cause it was like a whole week. It was like this big hype engine, you know, like yep. every day at eight o'clock there was some car, you know, and mm-hmm. I really dug that part. Like I, it was, it was a really exciting week in, uh, in TV. Yeah. For crisis, especially, um, that was something that they had really, really, they hyped that so mo- so well. Uh, they did a very good job. So um, it's a bummer, but we'll, I'm sure 
next season and when things start to calm down again, we'll get some kind of crossover event. We won't have Supergirl, but like now we have Superman. So there's definitely possibilities moving forward um, that we will we will see this this happen. Oh, I'm I'm all for Superman and Flash again. I mean, just think of like now they can technically be in that like same universe. I'm like, sign me up, sign me up. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be down for another race, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, I just to me that's just cool. I love seeing that stuff. It was one of the better parts of that stupid Justice League movie, you know. And <laughs> Kara and Barry race was also fun. Like it, it's just it's a cool fanboy moment if you're if you're a, you know a, an old school collector and you know the history behind what that actually means. And you know I, I dug it when they did it in Superman the animated series, so mm. it's always welcome. <clears throat> so, arguably the best one of the best cartoon series uh, for a character was Batman the animated series for a super, superhero character. You can make the case. Great segue. Yeah, that is the best um, one ever. So we are getting, we now have news of a potential sequel mm-hmm. to Batman the Animated Series that will be on HBO Max. So Pete and I, <clears throat> since we started our show and HBO Max became a thing, I feel like this is something we discuss almost every show. Something happening on HBO Max. <laughs> but we're, we're getting HBO Max. Yeah, so like I feel like we're we're growing with the with the net with the streaming service. I feel like Straight Outta Gotham has grown because <laughs> partly because of HBO Max. So there was rumor this this is a rumor, although Kevin Smith has said that he doesn't think it's a rumor. He thinks it's real. Um, he thinks it's definitely on the horizon. He thinks it's something that we are going to see. So as much as we all love this, um. Pete, real quick, sequel for this for Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I'm in the minority here. I don't want this. Um, <sighs> I, got, I got a sequel to the Batman the Animated Series. It's called Batman Beyond. And actually, before that, it was called Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen this Batman. I've seen his universe. I've seen everything he's possibly had to do between Batman, even appearing on Superman the Animated Series, and like I said, Justice League and Batman Beyond. So I'm just kind of like, I. I I know that usually when you get a solo Batman movie, you get a new Batman animated TV show. Mm-hmm. I would just like something fresh, something new, give a, a new artistic style, a new, you know, a new idea, something different. Uh, but to me, like Batman, the animated series is treasure and it shouldn't be screwed with. It shouldn't be touched. I think, it, you know, it's, it'll stand the test of time. It's the definitive take on the character in, in animated fashion. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's. I've said this on the Batman on Film podcast. It's like making a fourth Nolan movie. It's like they told their story and they told it in parts. And they, you know, they've even, you know, they did the unthinkable with Batman Beyond, and they created a sequel that way. So, I, I think the story's been told. Um, but again, like I know people are going to want this. So who am I to tell them what they want? But me personally, I'm not into this. I'd rather have a fresh idea. That's fair. So Zeddy, <clears throat> Pete, Pete's talking about he doesn't want a sequel. Would if you were doing this. Uh, or for your preference, would you say maybe a prequel to Batman the Animated Series? Something in along those lines? Yeah, so I've been trying to think about this kind of all day when I heard about it. Because although I am thrilled at like the possibility of a Batman the Animated Series revival, um, only because I would be thrilled about it. Because I think that there's way more that you can tell now than you did when you had the series. Mm-hmm. Only because you have like Deathstroke and Deadshot, Professor Pig, Red Hood. So, I mean, you could add, like, all these new elements to this, to this show that you never could before. Uh, but the fear is kind of like what, what Pete said. It's like, it kind of already was a perfect show. To, so, to kind of bring it back and then continue it on, you do kind of risk risk losing, like, all the stature that the show had. Mm-hmm. Because I think now we're at, like, a place in time where it's nobody wants to create, like, the next new thing. They just want better versions of things that we've already had. So, I think that's why it's Batman the Animated Series. But I'm with you guys. I mean... Batman Beyond like really ended abruptly. So I would think if anything, they would kind of revive that or like beware the Batman. But I would be more along the lines of it being a prequel because I don't know how you make a sequel to it continuing. You had like Justice League Unlimited and everything like that in Batman Beyond. So that they um, recently did the Batman Future Continues comic book line. So they they have actually, if they're going to adapt it, maybe they pull some of those stories. But I I don't know. This just is, to me, it doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I would much rather Beware the Batman continuation or something. Yeah. Um, he turned me on to that, and I've watched it. I watched the season, the lone season that they had, and it was very good. It's so – just the look of that show is so yeah. interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, so I would, I'd much rather that. And yeah, I would prefer a prequel too to to have something before the time that we begin that begins with um Batman the Animated Series. Maybe get <clears throat> just an earlier telling of the Batman story um on on in animation. Mm-hmm. That's not like year one or a movie that we've already had. So yeah, you know something like that I think would be cool. But um, just for the fact that we're getting more content, of course. I I mean, if this goes forward with, I'm pretty sure we'll all watch it. <laughs> Oh no! So, yeah. I mean, I'll be there right. and watch it the first episode. I just yeah, you know, if it's great, it's great. And what do I know? But I'm just saying, I wouldn't I, mind. I do have a question for you guys, though. Sure. So if if this does go through, um, do we get Conroy and Hamill back for this? And do you even want to see them come back for it? If it's like what we think it's going to be, I've heard that the Batman voice just destroys Conroy's throat at this point in his life. Mm. So he's very selective. And when he does it, you know, like I, I heard it, it's very painful for him at, mm. like post recordings, like he can do it, but like it takes a while for him to, it just, it's very strenuous on him. So like, I would imagine that plays a factor in this, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're going to write him a huge check. So, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, I mean, obviously you would want, you would like to have them back if you're doing the same story, uh, def, you know, mm-hmm. but again, they're older now, even Hamill. I like, I don't know. Does he want to do it? Didn't at one point Hamill say he'd only come back for like the killing joke and then he did it. And then he did like, yes. a video game. like, I don't know what, I don't know if Hamill knows what he wants to do. Anymore. I mean, he's, he seems to be on the nostalgia train for star Wars. So maybe he would come back and <laughs> do the Joker again. He's, but he's not drastically changing his voice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. yeah, the Joker is his it, voice. He's oh, yeah, yeah. that's based. That's him. You know, he's just wearing a robe. But the Joker, he's, he, you know, you've got to become the Joker. So it's in, in, you know, there's not, he's the best. Let's be honest. That, yeah. But no, that's, that's a good, that is a good point. Bringing that up that do they even want to do it? And if they don't, is it even worth going forward with? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out because there's so many other ways they can go with it. And again, HBO Max, the, what one thing this does do is show how committed HBO Max is to doing things with DC with Batman um, and pushing um, that catalog on their streaming service, which I think all of us, since we're fans of the characters love. So this is just another example of that. That I'll agree with. We'd yeah. be getting two shows. <laughs> got, got, yeah. got some PD in whatever this one turns out to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would be. So well, wow. it's like a lot of people complain that HBO max ha- doesn't have enough children's content. So like you know, Batman the Animated Series is by no means like dumbed down for kids. You know, it, it deals with some pretty heavy themes, but it's it's still suitable for children to watch. So maybe that's yeah. all another angle that they're looking at. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, like this is just again another entry into the HBO into the DC universe. Whatever they decide to do, um, you know, it's again we're just getting more content, and it's cool that that's happening. So. Okay, if we get it, great. If it's a prequel, whatever they decide to do, um, we'll check obviously, it we'll, like I said, <laughs> yeah, and we'll all be there watching it. We all know that. <laughs> so, keeping in with the in the TV show area in the TV show realm with DC, uh, Titans, we know, has found apparently it's Barbara Gordon. So, Savannah Welsh has been cast as Barbara Gordon in HBO Max and previously DC Universe's third season of Titans. Um, she is handicapped. It is obviously the Oracle version of the character that we're going to be getting. So she is handicapped. Um, the actress is also handicapped. So we're not getting back Earl. We are getting Barbara Gordon. So I think this is actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, representation is important. And I think having a handicapped character be on a show that like Titans, it's going to be, I I mean, Titans is kind of edgy, but we'll, we'll see how this all plans out. But uh, I think it's kind of cool, and it's a nice addition to the show, and she's very important to the the universe, so I, I actually like it. So what do you guys think? Pete, real quick. Uh, I'm into it. I think it's cool. Like you said, representation matters, and I'm, just, I'm interested to see how they define this character of Barbara Gordon slash Oracle. Like, uh, you know, from what I've read, uh, Savannah Welsh was in a car accident, and her she's had a, a leg amputated, mm-hmm. so she's you know i'm did she get shot by the joker you know in real life like that's that's the accident that uh created her handicap so i'm wondering in titans 
how do they create this version of Barbara Gordon? Was she attacked by the Joker? Was it somewhere else? Did she lose it, lose her limb in the line of duty as Batgirl somewhere else? So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and uh, I'm just, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what the, the dynamic is between her and Dick Grayson. Uh, that's probably what I'm most excited about. Babs and Dick have a long, long withstanding relationship in the DCU. It's, it's probably one of the more historic relationships on and off, but um, I'm really excited to see how that unfolds. Cause I, Eric, you've, you're more into the show than I was. Has the relationship between Grayson and Starfire really kicked off? Have they, I feel like it hasn't really been established. Is that true? Well, it's, it was a big part of season one, yeah, but not in season two, right? Yeah, no. No, so, they, I mean, they got together in season one when they first started, le- they left and they were on the road trip trying, you know, okay. so they first got together there. So, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing that love triangle unfold, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you, just to see the drama, you know, because there's a lot of drama in Titans as is. So, like, I would, I, I'd be interested to see that, just that dynamic of relationships. Yeah. All right. So, Zeddy, your take. Yeah, I think I think this is cool. I mean, Batgirl Oracle is such a great character. Uh, just to see her like back in live action, I I think is so cool. I like that Titans is doing her. Uh, I respect that uh, she is a real life amputee, so kind of like you guys said, like representation does does matter, and it does kind of add a real life element to the character when you're watching her on screen. But I'm sure there must have been some kind of chemistry test between uh, her and Grayson, so I'm sure that they made the right choice. With the character, I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried at how much they're sticking into the show, to be quite honest. Uh, only because season three just looks like it's going to be like epic in terms of everything that they're doing. So I am a little reserved, but I'm uh, I'm very very excited to see Oracle back on the big screens. I think the last time we saw her was in Birds of Prey, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think this on TV. Yeah. yeah, on the yeah. Birds of Prey TV show. So. I'm I'm very intrigued. Like like count me in. Like what they're doing with the show is incredible. So and according to IMDb, I think she's in four or five episodes. It's not a whole lot. So it's interesting. She's in there for a little cup of coffee, and uh, you know, it, you know, it's a shame Brian Edward Hill didn't spill, didn't fill us in when he was on our show. Right? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Right? But uh, maybe we did he, ask him. Oh, he didn't tell. He's, him. he's really good at keeping secrets. I'll, I'll give him that. But uh, yeah, he didn't kiss him telling that. <laughs> it makes me wonder like who else from gotham might pop do you think you, you think we may get a, a commissioner gordon appearance i don't know like it's just it's fun to speculate stuff like that you know they, they add a character as big as barbara gordon you wonder what else they have up their sleeve well it seems like they've, in there too mm-hmm. yeah okay it seems like they've gone ahead with like bruce obviously and being older in the titans universe so we're gonna have i'm sure commissioner gordon would be older and retired because it says in the synopsis for for casting uh barbara that she's the commissioner so oh okay really okay yeah. so very batman beyondy okay i like yes. that we can get into that yes so it, we're gonna obviously commissioner gordon is older but i'm sure hopefully we will see him um, if he's not, if they haven't killed him off, so we we never know with Titans. You never know what they're gonna do. That show takes liberties here and there, so <laughs> we never know what's gonna happen. But this is cool. This is cool. I'm, I'm happy we're getting her back in some form, and uh, you know, we'll see what goes. The 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 most recent we've seen her is in the Arkham games, right? I think that's yeah. And uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, that says Batgirl, not really as Oracle, right? Mm-hmm. No, she was Oracle in um. Arkham, was it Arkham Knight? Arkham yeah, Knight. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Arkham Knight, yeah. we had the DLC as Batgirl. Yes, yes, yeah. you can. And then uh, in Arkham Knights, we get to play as Batgirl as well. Yeah. But hey, Barbara Gordon is better than Barbara Wilson. I'll say that much. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so there we go. So we have uh, Titans filling out his cast, adding more, adding uh, Barbara Gordon and we'll see how it goes we'll see how this works out because hopefully they could just hit the landing this year the endings are the problem i feel like for yep that's the biggest problem with that show man finale. the the finales are just i don't know doom patrol 2 at least season one for me but whatever i i enjoy all of those shows so i i can't wait keep them coming i want more keep them coming yeah definitely there we go with that yeah. all right so we also learned recently that in the comic world that Robin will be getting his own book again. So 
that's pretty cool, right? Uh, dude, I'm pumped. We haven't had uh, we had we had Robin's son of Batman that wasn't that long, uh, but we had you know Tim Drake had the long long run as Robin. Uh, I'm I'm pumped for a new Robin series. Uh, this is written by Josh Williamson, who uh, recently just finished a run on the Flash. And uh, I, I'm just excited. Uh, I, I don't know, Zeddy. Have you seen the picture? What did you think of the suit? It's, it's not really traditional. Robin. It's kind of gray. I, it's the only thing I'm kind of like wor- worrisome on. Like I'm just looking at the promo images, and I'm not really yeah. feeling. It. It's better than that uh, red Robin suit from like the New Fifty Two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it does have like a like a red X kind of look to him, like from the okay, okay, the I, animated I, I, like Teen Titans show. If anybody can see or remember that, uh, I'm. I'm on board with this one. Uh, obviously, I love any Robin that I can get. He's one of my, he's like my favorite Bat Family character aside from the big man himself. I just love what the character represents, all of them. Even the little brat himself, which this one seems to be focusing on. But uh, I can tell here with him uh, when he's written a certain way, which it seems like hopefully he's written in a good way. Obviously, like I'm a big fan of the Grant Morrison uh, run with Damien and Grayson. So. Hopefully, like, I think I read it in that it's supposed to be like they're taking him on another hero's journey. So it's like he's turned his back on everything and everybody that, that he knows and loves. And now it's kind of like his his redemption arc. So, yeah, I, just, I, think it could, I think it could be cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to see where he finds himself. And obviously, like the promo image, like you got a, you got some you got some Rose Wilson in the promo image. You got Talia, Batman, Roz. And it's it's, you know, I, I wonder just like what this ride's going to be like and. Because you know, I, I've actually Tomasi written writ, written some really great uh, stories at the end of his run. I think it was like ten thirty to ten thirty three, uh, dealing with Damien, you know, quitting as Robin and doing his own thing, but coming back to Gotham to you know basically fight his his father and everything. So it was kind of interesting. So I hope they, that that kind of snowballs from there, and we just kind of figure out what's really going on with Damien. Because I feel like I'm finally starting to enjoy this version of the character. You know, like. He's been such an obnoxious dick for so long, and it, it's really prevented me from liking him. But yep. hopefully, that you know, now that he's got his own ongoing series, it'll he'll actually have some like decent moments. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one I'm going to be waiting for you and Pete and every and the rest of the guys to tell me how it is. Just before I before I jump in and and read it, I will be waiting for my 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 more serious comic book friends to tell me if it's worth it or not. I'm tr- I want um, Eric to start writing reviews uh, on Robin. That's that's the goal. Robin. I mean, why not? Oh, I gotta yeah, got to get you back in the game somehow. Yeah. That's true. It would be hey, you know. I just read Robin Eternal from Future State, and I didn't actually think it was the most terrible thing in the world. So I, I enjoyed I, it. It's not yeah. the best Gotham based book, but uh, I, I, you know, I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's not as good as Dark Detective or Nightwing, but uh, it was serviceable. Yep. Well, if I buy issue one of this, maybe one day in the future it'll be worth something. If this Robin book turns there, out to be very good, there you go. But we we do know that one comic is very very valuable, <laughs> and we just learned that a near mint issue of the first issue of Batman sold for over two point two million dollars, mm-hmm. set a record for the most expensive Batman comic sold. Um, that's not even the most impressive part about this book. It's that it was a 9.4 CGC rating. That's like almost perfect. Like a nine, four, yeah. this book was published in like what? 19. I'm looking for the date here. 1940. Yeah. Like, yeah this 40. book just like, like how was this person able to keep this book in such pristine condition? I'm shocked at that more than the actual value of the book. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. You're definitely correct on that. Like that is crazy that this book has been around this long and it's just in almost pristine condition. Um, Because I just recently bought a a copy of Batman 232 and it's kind of like it's (laughs) it cost me a penny, but it's kind of like put into tatters, but it's 232. Like I can't turn it down, but like it's nowhere near a nine four. But, you know, it's like you have to have it. I can't imagine what it would be like to see this book, (laughs) you know. It's it's mind boggling, and then just, I mean, two million. But I mean, Bruce Wayne himself must have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so Zinni, do you have any comic books that are worth two point two million dollars? Oh man, I have to get a really big stack for that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know th- this is great though. This is this is a great thing in Batman history. Uh, it's a great issue if anybody's 
read it. And if you haven't read it, please go read it. If you're a Batman fan, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I love the cover to this. Just Batman and Robin swinging in. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's a cool cover. I just 10 cents. It was cost to buy guys. Dude, that 10 is cents. Uh, talk about appreciate. You get a pack of gum with that anymore. Right. <laughs> Dude, 10 cents back in the day. It's like, that was the only book you bought for like maybe a month. Yeah. Crazy. That's nuts. But yeah, that's great. So, wow. That goes to show. I know you guys have a huge collection. So mm-hmm. if you're ever in a jam and you need money, <laughs> go hit that guy up. Yeah. Go through your issues and see which ones you have. And maybe you can, you know. I did recently the other day. I, I, f- I found a couple that were pretty expensive and I was just pleasantly surprised at how they, they grew in value. But I don't have anything that rivals this. I'll tell you that much. It's like going to GameStop, sending a whole bunch of games in. Oh, that'll be uh, $10. Yeah. Be like 30 <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah they're, they're about a quarter each but you guys rip us off so bad it's like it's, oh, like, it's one of the reasons man. i hate GameStop. It's like you just yep. rip people off <laughs> crazy yeah. wow 2.2 that would be nice man that's a chunk of change man yeah. that's some coin right there yeah especially right now when we have like mega millions guys play don't forget to play mega millions because it's i think 940 million right now or When's gonna be this going? weekend or whatever Tomorrow night, the drawing. I'll have to buy a ticket. So, I'm going to win it and spend it on some reservations for the Iceberg Lounge. <laughs> You're going to buy the Iceberg Lounge? <laughs> yes. Yes, you will buy the Iceberg Lounge. Trust Ooh, me. Yeah. We, we'll give you a good price. We'll give you a good that's, price. That's, that's, that's a scary man. <laughs> what? <laughs> said Zeddy's going to walk in there and drop coins like it's like you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a carpet of coins. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, all right so lastly uh let's get now let's now get into batman soul of the dragon uh this was the latest uh release from dc warner brothers and dc animation um directed by sam Liu, voice cast um david gentuli as batman mark descott Dacasco, sorry, as Richard Dragon, Kelly Hugh as Lady Shiva, Michael J. White as Ben Turner, James Hong as Osensei, Jamie Chung as Jade Nguyen, and Josh Keaton as Jeffrey Burr. So we have this latest installment. It's kind of a an, a, an offshoot, or not an offshoot, but a different path than what we'd been given. Um, we had been getting movies that were or kind of in the universe. This one is is just kind of a one off uh, for for animation. So very quickly, uh, Zeddy, I'll start with you. What did you think of Batman Soul of the Dragon? Oh, man, Kung Fu and Batman. Like, why didn't anybody think of this one sooner? I mean, I thought I thought this one was great. And, you know, DC does make these really offshoot kind of Elseworlds movies. Like, they are typically really good. Uh, it's the one thing that they're consistently really, really good at. Uh, I thought this movie was pleasantly really great. Uh, I thought the action was amazing. Uh, I thought the story, the story was cool. Uh, but I actually think that there was another cool element that I actually kind of really enjoyed. And it was the, uh, I know there's some people saying that, oh, there was, there wasn't a whole lot of Batman in there. It was more of a Bruce Wayne story, which there were at times where it did kind of feel like we were watching like an animated Batman Begins, uh, which, mm-hmm. which I thought that was cool. But the thing that I appreciated was in most of these movies, you know, we kind of have like Batman kind of in like his prime or kind of like at the end of his career, whereas this one, it was Almost like a year one if Batman took place in the nineteen seventies. So I yeah. kinda thought that, that was that was a cool that was a cool element. But I mean Shiva, I mean like mm-hmm. awesome, Von Tiger, awesome, Richard Dragon, awesome. I do have one ongoing complaint though. Uh kinda like with all these movies, and it's just me just being a stickler. Mm-hmm. Uh and maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm not, but maybe you guys know this, but I just really don't like this use of like gore and like over like just swearing like to me like mostly it just feels like so out of place and i just i really can't get behind it but i mean again it's i got just a minor nitpick that i seem to have in all these movies but it's too gory no no i mean like 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 sometimes like it could be a little over excessive in Mm -hmm. most of them not necessarily this one i actually thought this one he kind of used the right amount and i think it fit I'm just saying like like the use of like the swearing in most okay. of them. Like because I mean I I still feel like a little kid should be able to watch Batman Soul of the Dragon yeah. and not have to like worry about oh man, is Lady Shiva gonna gonna drop an F bomb in this scene? I mean, 
That's how I felt so, during Apocalypse War. Yeah. Whatever that was, but, the Justice Dark movie. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was great. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go watch it. It's it, it's a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I enjoyed it too. Uh, you know, I'll speak a little bit more on it later. But Pete, um, what were the elements of this? Because obviously, like we said, it's not a typical Batman story that we're telling here. So, what outside elements did you enjoy the most for this I, movie? I just liked how unique it was. You know, it, it's they've been really kind of doing this like in continuity movie universe thing. And you know, originally these were animated original movies, so they were kind of like standalones at one point, but. Kind of like how Batman Ninja is its own thing. This was too like, and like Zeddy said, it's like a it had a Batman Begins vibe. But seeing just Batman and Bruce Wayne in the seventies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, operating a like I don't know a casino bar nightclub type thing, and having the criminals come to him and him surveilling them and using his security systems to you know eavesdrop on what they're saying and everything. I thought that was fascinating and mm-hmm. a fresh take, and then. You know how you know Richard Dragons at Richard Dragon at times kind of reminds me of Bruce Lee, just like the clothes he's yeah. wearing and everything. I, I thought that was wonderful and just paying homage to Bruce. Um, and you know we've talked about Bruce on this podcast before, yeah. and just you know just you know just embracing just other characters in the Batman universe, not necessarily like you know. While I like movies like Hush and Batman Year One and stuff, this was just like a complete. It's not an adaptation. It's not an. It's an interpretation. You know, it's. It's a brand new idea and just it's it's something that's so creative, you know, just this cool kung fu Batman movie. And like, I mean, the the soundtrack is awesome. I've been trying to track it down. I can't find it on iTunes, but I love that soundtrack. It just it just screams of Enter the Dragon to me. And yes, I, just, I loved everything about it, really. And I know some people have complained that Batman wasn't in it too much, but I thought Batman was in it really just the right amount of time. I really dug this whole like Bruce Wayne vibe, you know, like he kind of had like this James Bond thing going on with the car with him and Richard, you know, uh, chasing down the sword with Shiva. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just really fantastic. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And Batman and magic doesn't really do it for me. And this had a little bit of that, but it was so, it was so minimal that I really kind of didn't mind it. And even though the way the movie ends as it ends open-ended, like I was like, this is just perfect the way it is, you know, like, I didn't need it to really, if the, you know, if it's, if the demand's there for a sequel, by all means go chase after because people are requesting it, but I don't need one. I, I kind of like it in its own little bubble, you know, but I wouldn't mind seeing more of like this seventies era Batman, not necessarily a sequel, but a movie that takes place within this t- that timeline. That's cool to me. And I would, I would appreciate something like that. Yeah. It's definitely a, a kind of a love letter to that era of Kung Fu movies in the seventies when we were, when they were very much in demand. Um, and you you guys are right. The movie very is it's a Batman movie, but he's part of the cast. He's not the lead. I wouldn't call him the lead in this. I would I would say it's kind of like if this were live action, I'd say it's an ensemble cast where you have all of them kind of get their get their moments to shine. And um, I don't want to. Are we spoiling? Should I spoil? I don't know if I want to. Yeah, no spoiler. I mean, all right. So he's technically not even the hero in this. Um, he's not it's the a Richard guy. Dragon movie, <laughs> right? It's a Richard Dragon film. So. Um, and yes, Pete, you're 100 percent correct. the The Richard Dragon character is a definite homage to Bruce Lee. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about it in my mind. I can even say Michael Jai White could be even Kareem Abdul Jabbar's the Bronze, sorry, the Bronze Tiger. Like, you know, like just the way they had their- to enter the dragon. You know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you have that. It's that dynamic here. It's definitely like I said, it's a love letter to that time period. Um, I enjoyed it. I just thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Osensei was great. Uh, he's kind of the comedic, you know, old guy sensei who seems serious at times, but he's very, he's also very, very comedic, kind of like Mr. Miyagi in a way mm-hmm. from the Karate Kid films. Like you had him there. So um, I really, really enjoyed this. I, if they do do another one, I hope they bring in more of the Batman universe into it. Like maybe bring other characters in um, from the Bat family to, to round it out a little bit. Uh, to just add that kind of element, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's again, like you said, it's not in continuity, so it's it's you don't have to worry about seeing it bef- something before it or after. It's its own story, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, really quickly, guys, on the voice casting of of all the characters, anyone you liked, anyone you didn't like, any you no, know, I thought they all did an exceptional job. Um, 
But uh, going back to CCXP, which was, I forget when that was, was that in September? I don't remember. But uh, they, they were promoting this movie back then. And actually, you know, the main cast, like the four main characters have all fought each other in real life in like live action at times. So like they used actual martial artists, you know, to <laughs> for these roles. And I thought that was very creative and interesting while we're talking about the cast. And I found that very fascinating. So like these, all these people have actually, you know, fought and worked together before. So it was interesting that now that they have done voice work together, which is interesting. And, you know, earlier what you said, like the movie does dig deep into DC lore. Like there are a lot of interesting characters in this from uh, King Snake, who's actually Bane's dad, Silver St. Cloud, who's probably my favorite Bruce Wayne love interest of all time. Mm-hmm. Obra. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many cool, like just dives in here where you're like, Oh wow, cool. They did. It's not like, they're all original characters. You know, this Richard dragon is even a Denny O'Neill creation who they, uh, who was originally like a blonde white dude. And they retroactively uh, made him uh, more relevant. So like, I thought that, I thought that was cool. So I was like, wow, this movie, I think they pulled out all the stops and everything was just top notch. I really loved everything about this movie. Yeah. And from Rip Jagger, judo master, right? Like you have throwback to that. So yeah, that's in here as well. So Seti, what about you? Any, any of the cast, like did for the first let me ask you when you were listening did you know who was the cast before you watched the voice cast no i think i knew i think uh michael j uh jai wright was bonds tiger right yeah that was yeah. the only person i knew that going into the movie so everybody else just felt like a cool surprise for me and i and i yeah. thought everybody fit well yeah yeah i told pete before we kept, uh, started filming arkham yeah he was the only voice i recognized because I didn't, I forgot the. I knew about this because Pete and I had talked about the voice casting a while ago. But I forgot, and then when I watched it, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I know his voice. Like that voice is familiar. Well, Eric loves well, Spawn, so he seems. <laughs> I do. I do. That's the movie is not good, but it's it's from a time period in my life when I was younger and things were bit were better. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like you kind of, it's nostalgic for me uh, with that character, and he also played Mike Tyson in the HBO. An HBO movie about um, Mike Tyson's life. So well, he also played Bronze Tiger and Arrow, correct? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so. he did. This is so, yeah, so. round. He just had to add a little, you know, a little jive turkey. <laughs> I, I did. I did love the Cobra uh, villain too, because I was over here sitting, losing my Batman Beyond fanboy mind. Right. Just thinking, I was like, oh my god! I had the biggest smile on my face. I thought that was incredible. That was yeah, incredible. Good. I was just, I was really excited about it. I thought that they did such an exceptional job and I just kudos for that to everyone involved for just coming up with this idea, right? Cause this is an out of the box idea. You know, it's something that they've never even done before. You know, this kind of like period piece Batman movie, right? Yep. You know, especially from that era. And it's just, it was so cool. It's, 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 I would I would be cool if they did like a Batman movie similar to like, if they had a Batman movie in every time period, you know, like what if they mm-hmm. did 60s Batman? But, well, they have. They did Return of the Capers, but let's say 50s Batman, 40s Batman, 30s Batman. And then you do one in the 80s. You do one in the, you know, like th- I would be open to some kind of like generational Batman series or something like that. I think that would be very interesting. I agree. I, I think there's a place for that. I think we have a place for that in, um, in the animated space. There's so many, you have so many more opportunities there. Obviously it's, you don't have to cast live people. It's not, you know, not where we're so much about scheduling is not, not 10 poles. They don't have to make a billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Right. When it's funny. Cause like when they say a live action movie is made for the fans, that means the movie's not going to be any good. Right. And you're, that's already like, that's already like hint number one. But when you, when you make a movie like this, you are literally making these movies for the fans. Cause that's the only people who care about these things is are us. You know, it's not this big market tent pole movie that has to make a billion dollars to be even considered a success. So like I, I'm glad they they I'm glad they take these chances in animation. I really am, and that, that, that's that's why I kind of really love animation. Like everyone's like, oh, you watch cartoons? Like if you saw the cartoons I watched, <laughs> you know? like if I showed you Batman saw the dragon, you probably would be like, oh, okay, like I guess I get it, you know? So, <laughs> yep, agreed. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So Soulbreaker. The sword is obviously a big part of the film, um, and it's it's traditionally linked to katana, and in this we have it with with Shiva, mm. uh, but like Pete said before, it's part of the mystical part of the the movie and the mysticism that's involved with with everything that goes on. I don't want to give too much away because I want people to watch it, but um, 
did the demonic mysticism stuff part of it does that bother you zeddy or is, are you okay with that uh i think pete mentioned a uh a few minutes ago where like the mysticism and batman kind of doesn't really drive all that too well it's kind of like superman and magic is kind of the opposite effect mm-hmm. uh i didn't i don't again i didn't mind it i think it added a, an interesting element to him and you know when, when batman has a, a supporting cast around him and kind of it kind of makes up for it a little bit so if it had just batman solo i think man then that, that might have been a little little weird <laughs> i thought it was just the right amount yeah. to be honest with you. it wasn't too much it wasn't too little it was in there the right amount of time you know and i i can get into like a really good batman's a ton of story you know but uh yeah it's just not really my cup of tea but you know if you, if you got a good one like i mean and, and i enjoy it more power to you. And that's kind of where I felt like this fell in line. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it was, it's not something that I bothers me that much. Um, but I definitely, I definitely was something that again, anytime you see Batman in that kind of an environment, it does kind of diminish, uh, who he is and what he does, but, uh, it kind of worked in the film. Um, he was still able to use his toys and gadgets that he always uses to, to fight and to, for them to be effective. Um, yeah. the scene where he breaks the guy's head or breaks the uh, snaps the guy's neck and then he comes back to life that was crazy. Yeah, that was like that was like <laughs> I was like, oh wow, this is like this is something where you know, and it allows him to do stuff like that. Like he can even be like slightly edgier, right? Like he yeah. can break this guy's neck because he knows he's possessed by a demon. So it you know it kind of unleashes his more ferocious side, which we don't really see. Like we never. If if Batman does that to like some dude stealing a purse, fanboy nation erupts in like you oh, know. Here we go, Batman killed somebody. Batman, Batman with guns, he killed the fat <laughs> on. What's going on here? Nolan's Batman doesn't kill. You know, like he just goes on and on the same arguments and tropes, and you're just like, oh god. But because you know he's possessed by a snake demon, everyone's like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. So it's you know, it, it works. There's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, I really again, I really enjoy this film. Uh, if you guys had to grade it, what grade would you give it, Pete? Oh, I give it a solid B plus. It's entertaining. It's new. It's fresh. It's just, you know, it, it it's so unique and, you know, it, it takes its liberties, but I think it's very creative and well done and well acted. Okay. Zeddy. Yeah. I'm going to give this a B plus too. I think, I think it had, it, it has a nice place in the uh, DC animated canon. Absolutely. Go check this one out. Definitely. Yeah. I'd co-sign that with you guys. I say a B plus. Uh, it's like I said, it's not part of what their of their continuity that they've been doing in animation, but it's definitely a fun movie. It's it's a throwback to a, a time period that um is for this specific genre for kung fu movies was very very key. The seventies was a big big time for that. So it's a it's a like I said before, it's a love letter kind of to that era to that era. And uh yeah, B plus definitely, guys. If you haven't watched it yet, definitely go watch it because you'll have a good time. It's a great and palate cleanser, great change of pace. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely is. And if you get once you guys do see it, if you want to talk to us about it, you know how to find us. Um, and anyway, you guys can hit us up there. So, Zeddy, what do you got going on with the Vigilantes? What's going on in the future? What can they look for from you? Oh, uh, the Vigilantes on a little bit of a short hiatus right now. We're kind of waiting for some things to ramp up, but we did have a uh, we had our first ever live stream last Friday, I believe where we kind of just talked about the first two episodes of the MCU's WandaVision. And then we broke down the potential return of uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, where we talked with the Nerdwim podcast, Tim and Carlos. Love, love um, those guys. Love those yes, guys. Yes, love those guys. The, uh, the live stream is on YouTube. You can just go over to Let's Go Podcast on YouTube, and you should be able to find us there. Or the audio version is up on Apple Podcasts. All right. Yeah. And where can they find you specifically? You can uh, you can find me on Twitter at popz underscore ninety five. Uh, also, if you can, please feel free to go follow the uh, Oscars uh, movie podcast that my co host Nick Caruso and I do uh, at Let's Go Podcast where we take uh, one quote unquote marquee film or two and we uh, we talk about it. So yeah, yeah. I I want to be. I don't know if you guys have done it yet, but if you do one night in Miami, I like if you want. I've heard amazing. Else, you could throw me in on that because I really love the film. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> yes, it's it excellent. Great. Yep, really good movie. So uh, definitely, definitely, guys. Everything Zeddy just said, go check them out. I love their show. I love their chemistry. They're great. Um, so definitely go check them out. Pete, what do you got going on outside of what we're doing here? 
Uh, well, all I all I do is what we do here. So you can follow <laughs> me on all forms of social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite Vero at Pete Illustrated. Please follow our show accounts at straight underscore O underscore G on both Twitter and Instagram. Hit up our Facebook pages. That's a Facebook group and our Facebook page straight out of Gotham. Uh, make sure you enter our rate and review contest for the month. January is underway. So please do that. We're giving away volume three of Gar- Garth Enos. Justin will correct me on how to pronounce his name. Uh, Punisher run uh, hardcover uh, as I can knock on it right here. That's a solid book right there. That is a hardcover. So make sure you enter rate and review our contest as well. Uh, stay tuned. We're having an Iceberg Lounge this Friday with uh, the good, good people over at the Let's Go podcast, Justin Kowalski uh, and his crew. Fantastic group of guys over there. Zeddy's part of that network as well. Um, check out my reviews of Detective Comics and DC Future State, uh, Dark Detective over at Batman on Film. And uh, Eric and I are going to, you know, we're teasing a little uh, venture we're doing with the Batman Book Club at the end of the yes. month, covering all the Gotham based books in DC Future State. Uh, Dark Detective, Robin Eternal, Nightwing, uh, Catwoman, and 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 the next Batman. So we, we're we're covering all. We're keeping everything Gotham in straight out of Gotham. Yes, thank you, Pete. And you guys can find me on Twitter at finally thirty three. It's spelled finale thirty three. Pete already plugged all of our Facebook stuff. So guys, check us out there for straight out of Gotham. Uh, Peter, again, we talked about the the joint venture we're doing with the Batman Book Club on DC Future State. So that should be coming sometime within the next few weeks, I would think. We'll have that done. You guys can check us out there. Uh, oh, Pete didn't mention this, but he recently did a Batman on Film podcast. So check that out. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, listen to him there. I don't know. I think it's what, 165 or one? I don't know. 75, uh, something like yeah. that. <laughs> Just go, guys, if you follow Batman on Film. Yeah. Yeah, if you follow that metal film, uh, you guys will f- see it there. But check that out. Uh, it's him, Garrett Grev, and Ryan Lauer. They do an excellent. They're doing an excellent job. Um, and it's the first Batman on film podcast in a while. So definitely, guys, you want to check that out for them. Uh, so I think that's it, guys. Zeddy, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Uh, I had a blast. Just all mine. Yes. So for Nick Zednick and Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. This is Straight Out of Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah! Booyah!